In this episode of Info Product Mastery, we'll discuss the fundamentals of market research and how you can niche down to find an audience for your online education business. This is Info Product Mastery, Episode 5. Welcome to Info Product Mastery, the podcast that helps developers, educators, and entrepreneurs launch and grow their online education businesses. Whether you're just looking to build a passive income stream or creating a full-time living, I'm your host, Adrian Rosebrock. So last week's episode, we learned how to brainstorm a few ideas for your info product business. And now that you have this list of ideas, the next step is to do a bit of market research to verify that there actually is interest in your topic. Market research boils down to answering three questions. Are people searching for it? Will people pay for a book or course on it? And how competitive is the space? You know, as as developers, we're really good at writing code. We love getting our hands dirty in the code to build, to create. That's what makes us happy. That's our strong suit. But there's kind of a dark side to that. And all too often, we'll come up with this idea and we think it's the greatest idea ever. And then we'll rush into our office or our basement. We'll lock the door and we'll just code for a week, a month, three months straight. And then we'll come out and we're, we're like victorious. We just built this amazing, incredible product, except that there's crickets on the outside. No one was actually interested in it. And if, if you've ever done a lot of professional development before and maybe tried to be this entrepreneur developer, you very likely experienced this exact same scenario. And the issue here is it's, as developers, our superpower is coding. We love to code. But one area that's maybe we've missed in our lives is the more market research to verify that we are building the correct thing. Because to us, we typically have a sales team or we have a marketing team that's you know, working along with us to help us guide to make sure we're building the correct product that actually solves a problem for a customer. Now, when we go off on our own, we don't have those same guardrails to kind of keep us in line. And we tend to focus on what we're really good at, which is coding, at the expense of the things that we're not so good at, which too often tends to be market research or marketing or sales or advertising. So one of the worst things you could do, whether you're developing an info product or a SaaS company or, or a brick and mortar company, is that you come up with this idea and then you just go and build and you execute on it without verifying that there's interest in, in the market. So what happens when you do this is you disappear and build this product and you show up six months later and no one's interested in it. You basically built a solution to a problem, but that problem never really existed in the first place. You're you're a solution searching for a problem, rather. What you want to be is a solution to an existing problem. So by doing a bit of market research, you can avoid this entire terrible scenario and verify that you are building something that people actually pay for. Additionally, doing a bit of market research prevents you from building a course that will never sell because there are too many competitors. Essentially, what you're looking for is this sweet spot where there is an interest in the topic, but not so much interest it's extremely difficult to break into. When you get these spaces with tons of competitors, what you have is a crowded market. It's going to be really challenging to compete in a crowded market because typically the product itself is the commodity. The knowledge could even be freely available on the internet. It's just people who are advantageously trying to package it up and sell it. What happens then when you have this knowledge that isn't specific, the product becomes the commodity and the only way you can compete is on price. And when you compete on price, it's just a race to the bottom who can offer the product for the cheapest. And I think a really good example of this is a general Python programming language field where 
you want to write a book or a course on the Python programming language. And you say, you know what? I'm an expert programmer. I know Python really well. So my idea is to cover the Python programming language, namely the syntax, the functions, the loops, conditionals, all that type of stuff. The problem is your idea is too general. It's not specific enough. So if you were to go to Google and search, you'd show thousands of Python courses, both free and paid. If you go to YouTube, you'd find thousands more of these hour, two hour, three hour long videos completely free that would teach someone how to code in Python. And if you went on to Udemy and searched for a Python course, you get hundreds of courses there as well. And all of them basically cover the same thing. They're not differentiated from each other in any way. And the reason for that is there's no barrier to entry. Any Python programmer can come along and develop a course like that. And a barrier to entry is so important when building an info product company or honestly, really any company at all. Think of a, a barrier to entry as like a moat surrounding a castle back in the Middle Ages. You want a super strong, secure castle with a wide, deep moat filled with alligators and sharks with laser beams attached to their heads, right? That fortress will require a tremendous amount of effort and a ton of domain knowledge to even break into. The benefit there is you could exist in this castle by yourself with very little competition and enjoy the fruits of your labor, hopefully for years at a time. Pyramid Search was a really, really great example of this. Back in 2014, when I started Pyramid Search, there really weren't many OpenCV courses online. Most of them that did exist were in the C++ programming language, and actually most of them were books published by, by O'Reilly. You could go to Udemy and you wouldn't find any OpenCV courses back then. That's because learning OpenCV was just this incredible challenge. I mean, it was a challenge to even install the library on your machine, let alone learn the library itself. When I was in grad school, one of our first assignments in our computer vision course was to install the OpenCV library on our system. I was like, oh, great, like I'll knock this out an hour or two and I could go about the rest of my evening. No, it took pretty much three or four days of addressing compile errors, hunting down these strange errors on forums, trying to figure out what in the world was going on just to install the library. So the barrier to entry to even just get started with OpenCV was extremely hard to overcome. Eventually, I was able to overcome that. I was able to learn the library through a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. That gave me a tremendous amount of domain knowledge. So when I started creating books and courses on OpenCV, it made it hard for other people to compete with me because they had to learn that knowledge for themselves. And that was a tremendous moat that they had to cross in order to build their own castle. Pyramid Search was able to be successful for a good many years with very few competitors strictly because of that barrier to entry. So when you're brainstorming ideas for whatever topic you want to write books and courses on, keep in mind this concept of a barrier to entry. Because if you're going to put in all this effort to build a castle, you don't want someone else to come along and tear it down in a night. So let's continue this example. Let's try to see if we can build a barrier to entry. We know covering just the fundamentals of the Python programming language is going to be too general, and there are too many established players in the field, too much competition. So then you think, hey, I have a bachelor's degree in computer science. I really liked my data structures course, and I often implemented data structures by hand in my day job. Maybe I can cover that. Okay, good. Now we're getting somewhere. We've taken this highly generic idea like the Python programming language, and we've iterated it on a bit. We've become more specific. So if we go back to Google and just type in Python data structures course, well, maybe now instead of finding thousands of courses, maybe there's only hundreds of them. And if we go to Udemy, instead of hundreds of courses, we find tens of them. So what we've done is we've reduced the number of competitors by an order of magnitude. That's encouraging, but we're still too general. What we could do is niche down just a little bit further. 
So if the basics of the Python programming language is too general, and if data structures in Python has too many competitors, how do we niche down further? Well, what about data structures and algorithms for interviews, like the big, scary interviews, the ones you take at Google and Facebook and Amazon, and the rest of the FANG companies? Maybe you've even interviewed at one of those companies before, and maybe you even got the job. If that's the case, now you have some insider knowledge here. Now you have a bit of leverage, a way you can wedge in and carve out this niche for yourself. So not only can you share your technical experience from like the Python and data structure side, but you also got this insider experience where you can tell people how you prepped for the interview, what to look out for, what data structures tripped you up, and how the end user can better prepare for the interview. So now our niche becomes algorithms and data structures for FANG interviews with Python. Now that's a mouthful, but that's also very specific. And what we've done here is basically built this set of essentially overlapping Venn diagrams. So if you know a Venn diagram, we'll say one circle is algorithms and data structures. The other circle is the Python programming language. And the third one is interview prep. And then right smack dab in the middle of all three of those circles is this course we've created algorithms and data structures for FANG interviews in Python. Now, this is obviously a fictitious example, but I think you get my point here. When you're doing your research and trying to identify a niche, keep in mind this concept of overlapping Venn diagrams because it's going to allow you to build that barrier to entry. Again, you don't want to spend tons of time, tons of effort developing this business and developing a set of books and courses that another company can easily replicate. That would be bad news for you. Now, you want to be able to leverage your domain knowledge to the highest extent and then build this moat, build this castle surrounding you. So as an exercise, what I'd like you to do is go back to episode four, re-listen to it if you haven't listened to it already, and then brainstorm another list of ideas for your info product business while keeping in mind this concept of niching down and this overlapping Venn diagram. Hold on to this list. We're going to use it. In episode six, we're going to discuss how we can compete against large existing players in the field And then again, in episode seven, I'll give you some more tips on how to validate your product ideas. So again, take a few minutes and create this list. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future episodes, send me an email at questions at infoproductmastery.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.